Do you ever find yourself confused when it comes to health and fitness? Have you been searching relentlessly on the most effective ways to achieve your fitness-related goals, only to find yourself even more frustrated? Well, we've got you covered. It's time to learn from the best, shorten your learning curve, and truly understand how to achieve your goals without spinning your wheels and wasting precious time. Welcome to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. Welcome back to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. My name is Mike Perry, and I am here with my co-host, Brett Jones. Brett, how are you on this fine Wednesday? Fantabulous. Just, uh, you know, busy, but uh, getting things, trying to get things taken care of. And uh, yeah, kind of a cooler day. Nice to have a break from the heat. And uh, yeah, got some pork chops marinating, going to throw on the grill later. Life is good. Sounds like the perfect country song. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Porterhouse yeah. chops, though. Porterhouse yeah, chops. So they're they're not go. the typical butterfly. This this is good stuff. There you go. No, anyway. I like it. Um anywho, um, yeah, I apologize. I got a little uh I got a little allergies today. Um, I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't know what I'm allergic to. I've never known. I just know that this time of year I get stuffed up and that's about all I'm going to do with it. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to take any more steps to find a resolution. I'm just dealing with it. So I have something to complain about, but anyways, um, are tech. All, all I can think of is, uh, is uh caddyshack, but grandpa, my allergies, I'll give you allergies. My fingers hurt. Ted Knight. Uh, now your back's going to hurt because you just pulled four hours of landscape duty. Anybody else's fingers hurt? <laughs> classic, classic movie. What's this Happy sign Gilmore. say? No bare feet. <laughs> What's this sign say? No fighting. <laughs> By the way, you know what I watched a couple clips of and and it's so good is, is the old outtakes or just one liners from Naked Gun and Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> I mean, it's like Love a it. combination of like dad jokes, but a, a little risque. And, uh, you know, he, he pushes the envelope, but there is some there is some funny stuff in there. And if you see any naked gun outtakes, they are <laughs> marvelous. See what, what a that guy was a prize, man. That guy was an absolute prize. What a great movie. The airplane is another one. Oh, I mean, um, yeah. He's he's talking to the pilot. Can you take a guess as to when we'll land? Well, I. Really can't guess. Well, just go ahead and, you know, can't you just at least guesstimate? Well, about two hours. You can't guess for two hours? <laughs> that, and that's how all the jokes are. They're just, they're set up like that. They're, they're phenomenal. Uh, you know, gotta, gotta love that stuff. But we are not talking about Leslie Nielsen today. We are talking about um, the idea of, of sort of a letter to our younger self as a, as a strength coach trainer or athletic trainer, um, whatever. And, uh, you know, I've been doing this for, for, for 20 plus Brett's been doing it for 25 plus, right? Where are you at now? Yep. I don't know. 20 long time, plus. a long, a long time. <laughs> I'm not counting um, anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. It doesn't matter at this point. It's like birthdays. Um, and, uh, you know, I, we, we look back and we, we, 
look at the things we've done and and like anything, like any experience, there's there's pros and cons and there's good things that you can take away from it. And there's also things that you, you know, maybe wish you didn't uh, experience. But at the same time, you know, I think looking back and learning from those experiences are, are very, very important. And but at the same time, um, I think if you're a younger coach and you're looking to make a career in the fitness industry, and, and I say career because um, it's very, very different than a job. Uh, if you're going to do anything as a career, you're, you're invested, right? And I'm not saying you can't change careers, but if you're going to have a career in the fitness industry, um, it's it, it's it's going to take a while and it's going to take some time. But at the same at the same time, it can be incredibly rewarding, and uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Sort of our experiences and and hopefully our insight and the things that we've done, you know, uh, over these combined almost 50 years will. If we can help a you know a couple young co- a couple young coaches uh, streamline some things and and maybe they don't have to touch the same hot stoves that we did, um, I think that'll be a good thing. So, you know, Brett, um, you know, obviously you've shared your your background in sport. You wrestled and 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 then as you went to school as an athletic trainer, um, entering college and 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 uh, you know working on athletic training and your other degree was. Uh, it was a, it was a, didn't you do a dual uh, degree? Re- you did eight ATC and, uh, rehabilitation. What was so it? the, uh, my master's was, I was one credit shy of a poli sci minor actually. And, okay. um, for grad school, it was rehab science, drug and alcohol rehab. Exactly. So, you know, obviously, you know, a big part of that is it led you to what you do today, but, um, how, how did, How did it go with the first couple of years as an athletic trainer? What was that like for you? Uh, well, I, uh, I found out what I didn't want to do, uh, with, with the rest of my life. And, um, you know, that, that's a valuable lesson. So Brett, what advice would you give to your younger self, um, looking back at, you know, kind of how you started with this field in this career? Uh, 30,000 foot view. Um, I'm going to go kind of life in general and then, then career, um, life in general, relax a little bit more. Um, my parents and people that know me will tell you, I have never been young. Um, I was kind of a serious kid from the word go, um, and, uh, could have benefited from, uh, relaxing a little bit, um, not taking things so seriously, um, so that would be, uh, you know, right, right off the bat, that'd be the first thing. Um, number two is, uh, never miss an opportunity for a kindness. Um, I have the, the regrets I have in my life center around having been unkind or having missed the opportunity to provide a kindness. And, um, th- those are the things that keep, keep me up at night. I love these people that are like, uh, you know, I have no regrets. I've lived my life with no regrets. You are a psychopath. Um, <laughs> there is no way you have made it to whatever stage of life that you're in and you have no regrets. Um, I'm sorry. That, that's just maybe, maybe I'm maybe that's just me and I'm projecting onto everybody else. But um, the, the idea that you're going to make it through life and have no regrets. Um, good luck with that. Uh, so get ready for them. And those, the, the, like I said, those where I've missed 
providing a kindness or I've been unkind uh, are the things that keep me up at night and uh, the the things that I relive um, and and keep in mind. And it's 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 those mistakes that drive me to be better, to be kinder, to do more uh, for for people. Um, so that those are kind of really high level kind of life sort of things that I would that I would tell myself um, as a just a person period. Um, from a career standpoint, um, it's the workaholic thing. It, it's to, you know, take time, take time. Um, don't think of what you're going to miss. You know, it's that, it's that question I asked you when you, you said you wanted to travel and teach and, and do what I was doing. And I said, well, what are you willing to miss? Birthdays, holidays, uh, kids, games, um, dance performances, recitals, uh, family events. What are you willing to miss? Cause you're going to miss them all at some point. And, uh, the juice isn't worth the squeeze on some of that. Um, you, 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 you'll look back and that's part of those regret things. Right. So I guess there's two things I regret. There's the, the, the kindness thing, failing to provide a kindness or having been unkind, um, and things I've missed. And, um, so that's, we'll start there from like a 30,000 foot view, you know, that that's kind of the, uh, the, the big rocks. I mean, there, there's a lot there and I love how you sort of divided it into two portions. You've got sort of the life stuff and then the career stuff. And, and I think it's important. And I don't know if you purposely sort of did it this way, but, um, you know, Brett had talked about opportunities to be kind and, and to be impactful. Um, look, if you want to be a good coach big part of that is kindness and finding ways to be impactful, right? So um, you'll notice he didn't start with, I want to be coach, 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 and then something else. It was, hey, look, let's get the big stuff, right? Like if you want to be a good coach, people need to like you and you should be uh, the type of individual that people want to spend time with. So, um, but, uh, it, and it seems very simple and, and cliche and, you know, the bumper sticker stuff, but uh, the older I get, the more I realize that there's a lot of damn truth to those bumper stickers. And, uh, um, you know, we look at them and we joke, but, um, but, uh, I think if you really step back and you've experienced some of the things that we've experienced, um, I, I think you'll understand where we're coming from, uh, for sure. So, um, yeah. So let me ask you this, um, and we've talked about this a little bit more, but how important was it to have, uh, individuals, colleagues, mentors uh, that were um, around and available during that time as you grew as a coach to, you know, sort of throw ideas uh, off the wall with or just to spend more time or talk shop. Um, how important do you think that was to uh, the development of your career? Huge, huge. Um, you know, I came in from uh, the athletic training background. So I had a lot of information on orthopedic evaluation, rehabilitation. Um, I, I could, you know, take it somebody with a bad quote, bad shoulder and, and you know, kind of do the, all the orthopedic special tests and everything and, and, you know, have really refined that in, in working with gray and, and uh, working with Pavel. Um, and when I got started teaching with Pavel, it was, um, a really organic beginning. I mean, it was the same five to six people showing up to teach at a cert. Um, we would, um, we'd interrupt each other 
Um, there were many times early on where Pavel would be teaching something. And I'd be like, Hey, Pavel, what about this? And jump in and, and show something. And, and, uh, you know, we had some stuff that didn't make it through the filter eventually. And we had stuff that was, you know, tremendous innovations, uh, for how we were teaching things. And that, you know, it was just really collaborative kind of free flowing, pardon me, event. So, um, those, those early days of, of being provided those op opportunities by Pavel and Gray and, and everything like that, um, life changing, career changing. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, I, I have a, a little bit of a similar path with, with those two individuals, but, um, talk about a couple, uh, colleagues, mentors, uh, if you're going to pick them, you did all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was very fortunate. I was very fortunate. You know, I made the decision to go to the second ever kettlebell cert and meet Pavel and then made the decision and just, just uh, about a year later to go to the Arnold fitness classic and try to visit Pavel and the gang at the, uh, at the booth, the dragon door booth they had at the Arnold fitness classic, uh, that year. And, uh, that's when I got invited to, uh, to be an instructor and to start teaching at the certs. And, uh, really that, that was the, the kickoff moment. And, you know, I took my first job in this little town, um, 19 grand a year, thought I hit the lottery, uh, and, and, you know, thought that was a bunch of money and, um, you know, took this first job and had no idea that Gray Cook was going to walk into my training room and uh, offer to to help and and work with me. So uh, yeah, just you you never know. Absolutely, and uh, you know it, it's one of those things. And uh, you know when I when I started learning early on and and sort of you know looked at the individuals that I wanted to follow, it was it was very similar. But um, you know it's it's a situation where I, I think. One of the reasons, well, there's a there's a handful of reasons why um, I feel like you've you know you've you've done so well in your career, but I feel like you are very much led by science and principle based training, um, and uh, you're not the type of guy that's gonna fall for the shiny thing and the next big thing. And uh, sure, have we all dabbled in new modalities and tried new things? Yes, but that's exactly it, right? You know, just because you go to a restaurant and try food doesn't mean you have to go back every time. And, and, and you know, oftentimes when you try new things, um, you can, it gives you a filter on what works and what doesn't. And you had, you know, talked about that earlier, especially as a, you know, as an athletic trainer, you're like, I learned what I didn't want to do. And that is just as valuable. So um, I think when we, we try to, build something. I think that, you know, there's a certain amount in my mind, if you look at individuals that have been doing this for a long time and they're principle-based coaches that have stood the test of time, I think of people like yourself, like coach Boyle, like, uh, coach Cressy, all those other guys that like, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very, it's always a reliable source of information, um, sort of put together in a way that is there to help. And, and that's, that's one of the things that I, I really admire about kind of what you've done over the years is you're just, you're just there to try to put out the best content you can. And, um, look, we, we we're both guilty of not being sales guys, that's for sure. But, um, the consistency of the information, right. And the quality of the information that you've been churning out over 20 years, like I've, you know, some of my old Calosteno stuff, I go back to that and I don't even know when that came out, but it was good then. And it's good now. It doesn't mean because it was shiny and new. It's just because it, you know, it, it stood, uh, it stood the test of time because the quality was there, but it was based off of principles and teaching. So, um, it's pretty cool. And I think that's a good, 
a good way to gauge whether or not your content uh, or or what you're doing is is uh, is uh, quote unquote effective is 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 it going to stand the test of time? And I think principle based training does. I think method and guru based training, yeah, not so much. Yeah, not going to work. And you know, for the young professional, uh, I think the one of the complicating factors um, now is social media. I, I think the idea that uh, everyone's a marketer. And everyone's trying to put out content to uh, be seen and grab attention um, is, quite frankly, hurting the development of a lot of young uh, trainers and, and strength coaches. Um, you know, the the idea that you can you know have an Instagram account or a Twitter account and end up selling ads on your page and re- retire from doing anything but having a Twitter account um, is not. A great place, you know, for for the industry. You know, I I I succeeded because I put my head down. I did the work. I took advantage of opportunities that were presented to me. Um, so the other piece of advice for like the younger trainer or the young my my younger self, and I kind of did this uh, already, is uh, don't say no um, early on. So I talked about work life balance and you know regretting that I've missed some things. And, but there is a stage of your career where that is just what you need to do. Um, be the first person there and the last person to leave. Be the person that says yes to an opportunity instead of saying no. Um, and all of that will, and sometimes you'll find out what you don't want to do. Sometimes you'll find out what you do want to do. Uh, sometimes you'll, you'll learn lessons along the way that you didn't expect. But early on, say yes um, and, and put yourself in a position to have those opportunities. Uh, I, I forget who, who the quote is from, but uh, the harder I work, the luckier I get, um, yeah. you know, pe- people see the, uh, people see the luck or the, you know, the, the, um, the, 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 uh, the moment of success and they don't see the 10 years, 15 years that went into uh, building to that moment. Um, Thai restaurant that I was in great saying an overnight success takes 10 years. Um, so there's, there's a lot of work to be put in. Um, and then you, you do reach a point and, and that's, you know, hopefully when you're young and single, you, you make the decisions, you put the hours in, you're not really missing a lot of things. Um, as you age and you get married or not, if you just have a partner or whatever the case may be, um, you will reach a point where you're not, you're going to want to start not missing things. And, um, and I've talked about this before on, on, on some other episodes. I've been every kind of trainer you could be. I've been the the hit Jedi, one set to failure machine-based trainer. I've been the all body weight, the functional training, the cardio. Uh, believe it or not, I was once a bit of a runner and a cardio uh, queen, cardio king, whatever you want to want to call it. Um, so yeah, I've, I've dabbled into a bunch of different things. Um, so yeah, it's uh Take those opportunities, embrace the mistakes. And then like we talked about on a, on a recent podcast, be a goldfish, take the lesson uh, and move on, apply the information and, and do better. Be patient <laughs> and be patient. hundred percent, hundred percent. Patience uh, I, is, yeah. I always, uh, you know, I look back and I remember being a young coach and two, three, four years in, and I'm like, in two years, I'm going to be here. And if you doubled it, maybe even tripled it, that was accurate. 
And, and seriously, it's like <laughs> if, where I thought I was going to be in three years, I was probably at in six or seven. And then, you know, as you, as you just keep on sort of adding the years up, it's always pretty much double. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, it was, uh, sorry, my, uh, my, my nose is running here. Um, but, um, no, it was, it was pretty much double be patient. It's just about being patient and, and, uh, good things will happen if you do the right things, but they're not going to happen fast. Um, they're not going to happen fast and that's okay. And it's just more opportunities to learn. But, um, you know, if, if you want to get somewhere in a certain amount of time, just probably double that. And that's probably going to be more accurate. And look, maybe you're 10 times smarter than I am and you work a lot harder and you can do it faster. Cool. But, uh, I think one of the things we try to do is just give people realistic expectations on like what it's like to, to be a coach that has been doing this for, uh, you know, a, a really, really long time. And, uh, you know, that's just a big part of what we're trying to do. But uh, I think I'll I'll sort of finish us off with uh, uh, a little bit of uh, advice from my experience. And a lot of it stems from advice from you. So, you know, when I uh, asked Brett a long time ago and I said, hey, look, you know, I do want to get out there and I do want to uh, I want to teach more. And and uh, he did. He's like, what are you willing to miss? And but this is this was before global pandemic. This was before both of us had gotten diagnosed with cancer. Um, so this was, you know, this was probably eight, I would say almost eight years ago, maybe. Right. I mean, this was, it was a while ago for sure. If not more. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If not more. And, uh, when he said that, like it, it, it kind of stung and I kind of understood it because, well, at that point, I, I don't even know if I had, you know, we had both of our boys or if just, just our oldest, but, um, it made sense, but let me tell you now going through a global pandemic and cancer. Um, the, what are you willing to miss question, uh, hits a lot differently. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest, um, early in my career, my goal was to make it to the upper echelon and, and be known as a strength and conditioning coach and be known as one of the best in the world. Um, I wanted to be on stage with the biggest and the best. That's something that I wanted to do. That was a goal of mine. And, uh, you know, I wanted to have a name like Eric Cressy or Mike Boyle and, and this and that. And, uh, then the pandemic hit and then I got diagnosed with cancer and, uh, things changed. And for me, I still wanted to do a really, really good job. And I still wanted to be a really, really good coach and a leader or whatever you want to call it. But I think the difference is, is, um, the reason why I wanted to do that before was simply ego. It was simply ego to to stroke my own ego and to, I don't know, maybe that's my way of trying to feel better about myself. I'm not really sure. I'll ask my therapist about it. But um, but honestly, uh, you know, for me, it was just a, a scenario where I was just trying to feed the ego. I was trying to feed the ego. Um, and you know, with, with the rise of social media, that sort of led into it is like, you get these dopamine hits when people like your posts and they give you positive feedback. But I realized I wasn't doing anything that was necessarily helping a lot of people. I was just excited about clicks and likes and comments. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've learned now is, um, look, it's, uh, it's who you impact and, and it's who you truly develop those relationships with. And, and now my main goal is to be the best coach to the athletes 10 to 15 miles from my gym. And, uh, you know, will I still do social media? Yeah, but I don't care about that guy in California that likes the cool exercise I put together. Like I do care and thank you, but that's not the person who I'm, I'm supposed to be impacting. It's the people in my community. And, uh, you know, I think it's more rewarding to impact people next door than it is 
on the other side of the country because there's that authentic relationship. And, uh, and for me, that's the, that's the important stuff. And, uh, you know, if I don't have uh, if I don't have the big name and I don't get on the biggest stage, I really don't care. Here's the way that I look at it. It's like, you know, there's Sylvester Stallone and there's Frank Stallone. I'm cool with being Frank Stallone because Frank Stallone was in a lot of good movies. I don't need to be an A-lister. I can be a, a C or a D-lister and still help a lot of people. So um, I guess my advice to you is it's okay to be Frank Stallone. You don't have to be Sylvester. And uh, you can impact a lot of people by never putting anything on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or social media, because, you know, maybe it's not the athlete on the other side of the country that needs you. It's maybe it's the athlete right down the street. And, uh, that's to me what coaching is all about. So, um, Brett, any words of wisdom? Well, and you've, you've done that in creating a gym and, a and, a, a setting, and a, a culture and a, a, a situation where you can impact people. And uh, doing that um, is is huge. And you know, you you, you touch one coach, athlete, student, um, mom, dad. You know, hopefully that transfers two, three, four, ten more people, and uh, the the positive just kind of keeps uh, keeps spreading, getting passed on. Um, I, yeah, I I think that uh, do do good where you are. Uh, do good where you are. Uh, do what you can with what you have uh, and never pass up an opportunity to do a kindness, provide a kindness, do a kindness, whatever. Honestly, man, I, I, I can't say anything better than that. So um, Brett, as always, it's uh it's good to chat with you, my friend um, to our listeners. Thank you so much. Actually, I think we're approaching 50,000 listens on this podcast total, which is pretty fantastic. Um, you know, granted, it's all of our relatives, and my, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, my mom listens a lot. <laughs> it's on repeat constantly. Uh, the internet, just, the internet bill just went up. Um, we're running out of minutes for the kids. They'll know if if you're a kid, you don't know what I'm talking about. If you're over 35, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but honestly, Brett, uh, uh, as always, buddy, it's always good to chat with you. I appreciate it. And our listeners, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, do us a huge favor and please give us a positive review on whatever platform you're listening to. And also, if you want to share it with your friends, colleagues, loved ones, and if you're a coach, share it with some other coaches or maybe even share it with your uh, with your athletes because uh, it's important. It's important. And I think the overall theme is kindness is pretty cool. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're going to ask you for a favor. Please leave us some positive reviews. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks again for listening to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast.